0: that up about me and it drove me to this side all right i might be
1: Up, even though she did it like homemade sin And her breath smelt like what pussy? Yeah! And while all that was happening I looked out the window And here comes a man with all the groovy grass And here we are freaking out man You know we're gonna get to something good we laying back, freaking and smoking and joking. Also, I hear the man coming. The man, the doctor came here. Oh, Lord, I missed it. I said, hey, Gloria, I think it's time to get the hell out of here. I said, Gloria, get off my chest. It's time to get out of here. On
2: Hey, Muni Radio is what you're tuned into. This show is called Flat Black, Black Plastic. <laughs>
1: your mind together, I'll then come on across to me, we'll hold hands and then we'll watch the sun from the bottom of the sea, but first, are you experienced? Feel you? See you. See you.
2: Thanks for listening to Flat Black Classic on mutinyradio.fm. Remember, go to the website, click on the donate button, send us some money. We'll put it to good use. Thank you and good evening.
3: Sports vinyl together punk mutiny radio. FM has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face (laughs) McRat.
5: and experience what this
6: wonderful local business has to offer.
4: Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.f and Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins, and piles and piles of filthy cash. I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyonds underground comics. It's a great showcase and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every
6: Want to win you have to have lots of cannabis energy and the was way i know to get it is just by using green army skin care boy they're just crazy Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll for some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m. Rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll we're open from 4 p.m until 2 a.m monday through thursday friday saturday sunday two to two come on down have some drinks with us we've got whiskey wednesday tequila tuesday and we've always got the steve mcqueen special shot a bullet bourbon and a can of california lager for eight bucks come down and enjoy our patio it's open ah, in the afternoon not really in the evening but a lot of good folks out back there, come on down, give us a shot, drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California.
7: With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival
8: 2018. Oh, yeah, it goes down.
7: Rainbow Grocery, a worker owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery.
9: Their bulk section is Dope AF.
10: I love their their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section
9: is
7: insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all
9: your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com.
3: Open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother.
10: Asiento and the crazy things Wait, drink, drink around
7: the corner somewhere else not here but uh, come to happy hour every Friday from 6 to 8 with Trina Roderick yeah do that
11: hey people this is the Flat Black Plastic show
1: Come to you directly live from the corner of 21st and Florida
11: Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Red Fox. Well, most of you know that I'm a war veteran. You can see I was shot in the face. (laughs) See, a sniper threw a hand grenade and exploded and tore my other face away. And a team of doctors grafted skin, grafted more skin, made me a new face. I don't know where they got the meat from, but (laughs) every time I get tired, my jaws want to sit out. (laughs) about world war ii because i don't know too much about vietnam but i know world war ii i'm a veteran i backed up so far in one battle i bumped into a general (laughs) he said why are you running i said i'm running because i cannot fly (laughs) people ask you a whole lot of dumb stuff under pressure I was overseas for one battle I'll never forget. Three days we fought that night. Hand-to-hand combat. Karate, judo, rifle butts, tanks, flamethrowers, bazooka guns. 200 to 1. (laughs) Toughest Japanese soldier we ever ran into. (laughs) But nothing yell about him. He was just mean. (laughs) I was a paratrooper for a long while. A lot of people know my exploits in the paratroops. One time, the sergeant is getting instructions to all the soldiers how to get use the parachute. He said, Look, you guys, you jump out of the plane, you count to ten, pull the rip cord, the chute will open and float you down with the equipment. But one little paratrooper didn't hear the sergeant too well, and he stuttered a little bit when he talked, and he walked over the sergeant and said, Sergeant! Sub sergeant!
3: Sergeant!
5: Hi! How can you say that? I knew you wouldn't understand. For you, it's all about the rating. Let's go pillage, you say. But we never spent any time working on building our clan. Oh, come on. We need to build a
9: good amount of gold before we can really think about putting a down payment on that gl- clan hall.
5: That's always your excuse. I'm done. I'm logging off.
9: Rose disconnects from the server and pushes back from her keyboard. Jack turns around on his uh, swivel chair behind her. Uh, my line. Oh. Uh, what the hell, Rose? What? I'm done investing time in that relationship. Oh, fine. World of Warcraft is old anyway. Wait, what are you doing? Rose puts on her VR headset.
5: I'm logging on to VR Second Life. Uh, Jack puts on his VR headset also. VR, Jack, I'm leaving you. What? Why? All you ever want to do is have VR sex. So? I need something more.
9: Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin.
6: Goodbye, Jack.
5: To the FTW show with your pals, George and Steve. How are you doing, buddy? I'm hanging in there, man. You know, far out. Oh, weekend, huh? Yeah. Yeah, what a weekend. Ooh, weekend painted it green for you and for me, but in different ways, right? I would think so, yes. <laughs> George was lucky enough to work uh, all weekend, uh, yeah. which means a nice little paycheck for him. And I threw two hours of overtime at
12: me on a Thursday as well. So it's double time, double time weekend, baby. Heck yeah. Hell yeah!
5: Thank you, Angel Man. Um, yeah, he might right be coming on, on the show tonight, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you never know. The Wheelie King himself. He said, "What are we going to do,
12: George?" I said, "Well, Steve's going to be there too." He's all, oh, "Fuck that!" <laughs> just like oh, he everybody knows me else, well, doesn't he? Everybody I know says that shit to me. <laughs> Why you hang out with that guy? I can't picture that. So I don't hang out with him. We just spent two hours together on a Monday night, and that's it. That's kind of our whole friendship. Until <laughs> <laughs> so some <laughs> asshole with a green beard comes up. And to hug you in the middle of fucking public.
5: What's up, bro? <laughs> I'm just like you, I got a green beard. Where's my green bearded brother? <laughs> See, I walked in a little St. Paddy's Day Parade weekend uh, and wore a green beard as well as a lovely green, well, hat. What else would I have? Oh, a green shirt on. Yeah. It was a painted beard. Okay. Spray paint. Yeah. I looked like AstroTurf, though. I got that from more than one person. It looked more like fungus to me. They thought it was impeccable. It's probably like the
12: best ever. It
5: was like algae. Well,
12: yeah, It was true. so good. They mm-hmm. said, why is Steve mm-hmm. trying to fill in for you with the beard, man? What's that all about? <laughs> I said, sorry guys, I got to work and I had to shave, so I don't have a beard. I've got barely any face stubble right now. It's true. Truth. Truth. It's true. He's not lying this time. So welcome to FTW on uh, the Mutiny Radio Station. Uh, uh, March 19th show, if you'd like to call in. San Francisco, California. So we're, uh, we're down the Mission. We're on 21st of Florida. You're more than welcome to come down and visit say hey. Hang out. Do your thing. Do our thing. Do what you want to do. We won't tell you who do, to. Do, do, do what you want to do. Knock it to. <laughs> I got that song on here somewhere.
5: No way. Tonight show?
12: No, do what you want to do. It's oh. Calvin, Calvin Harris, I believe. It's kind of kind of dance music.
5: I can't tell you. Uh, yeah, George does the music on our show, and I do a little thing called The Race Report, and we talk motorcycles, because we are Forever Two Wheels. If you would like to call in, call us at 415-550-0511. That number again, 65, no, no, you meant 415-550-0511. It would be fun, like, giving them a different phone number every time, wouldn't it? Yeah, sure. It would probably cut down on the phone calls other than Gail coming in. You, wouldn't she be a great interview you know gail you hardly seem crazy at all how about some government conspiracies and who are they trying to kill this week <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's fucking great <laughs> if for those that don't know gail calls in from time to time and uh, is generally pretty far out of her mind Kind of deep space is where Gail's at. That's a
12: different do what you want to do.
5: She's having some issues. (laughs) Kind of like George's music choices.
12: (laughs) Yeah. So any motorcycle this weekend, George? You ride to work? Uh, Uh, Yeah, I rode the Harley on yesterday. Yeah? Yesterday and today, yeah. Because it was raining on Saturday, man. It was coming down pretty good.
5: I didn't get a a drop of rain on me during the parade. I managed to dodge it. Did it rain in the morning or something? Because I didn't see that myself. Um, it was wet.
12: Oh. oh, Saturday, 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 Saturday. Your first talking. day of double try. I don't remember, dude. You know how much <laughs> do Just do, do what you want to do. <laughs> it is
5: not. <laughs> What's, he say wow. right? What's he say right there? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Technically, you're never, right, but it's not the one never I ever doubt playing. me again. Oh, no, yeah, that's for sure. jackass. <laughs>
12: <laughs> so I did get it. I got an interesting call from my buddy on a Saturday. Do tell. He said, uh, so, yeah, with this Ranchero thing, I want out. He wants out of the program. So the program was that he was going to donate the fucking the engine and the transmission. We we're going to slap it in together. We we're going to sell it and split the money all right i should i showed up with the truck he had the engine trans so so we go boom boom take the engine out um all of a sudden things got yeah well i'm sure he's having troubles with the house and stuff and he doesn't want that piece of shit sitting in his fucking driveway all this time and i've been busy for the last week so i haven't had a chance to get out there and he's fucking he's like yeah so i want out on this on this deal um but i'll sell you the engine transmission for 600 bucks that's not a bad deal i was like okay I'll try to work the money up, you know? And then he called me back like a half hour later, and I didn't answer, but he left me a message that, oh, yeah, you're going to need the exhaust, too, so that's going to be another four bills.
5: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
12: Is he a regular listener to the show? Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. He's a good dude. Good wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's just turning into more of a mess, than I kind of expected, so
5: we'll see how that goes wow maybe you should get a hold of, hold of uh, Matt uh, Kettleworth. we'll call him Matt Kenilworth uh, the, the guy that I know that had a rancheroo that unfortunately got wrecked on the way to work one day you should call him and tell him to come pick this up. I don't have his phone number I did try to get it from Bill uh, what's his name the other night but uh, he did not have it he did not know the man well that's how it goes so this is
12: what it is but yeah I got to ride the bike dude it was like yesterday it was cold it was yesterday it didn't rain yesterday
5: uh, I don't believe it did. I really get
12: out too much yesterday. Big recovery day yesterday. I, think I did ride the bike yesterday and today. I don't think I rode it on Saturday. That's right. I did, not it cost me twenty bucks to park in that open lot. Ah. Chump change, right? Sure. For my pal George, that's just chump change. That's how he
5: rolls. He's big.
12: It's ten minutes of work on a double time day.
5: <laughs> Break to the kids at home, George. It's a lot of money, dude. That's fucking a lot of work, dude. There's some bullshit and
12: fucking big, dude. It wasn't too bad. And then I ran into one of, my, one of the guys at work, and he's like, oh, dude, I park over here on the
5: side. The fucking meters don't work on Saturdays. I'm like, what? Oh, really? I don't even know about that one. Fuck. That's a good deal. Uh, the one over, what, not Folsom and Third? Yeah, Folsom and Third. That place is usually, what, 14 bucks on the weekends, I thought? The place underneath the Thai restaurant? There's that one and then there's one across the street, uh, or is that the Thai restaurant? The
12: outdoor like, where, the outdoor
5: where the Go Dog Go used to be wherever it was? <sighs> or hot dog or we have the fucking What up Dog? What up dog, That's it that's it's,
12: it. That's still there. That building? Yeah, that place has a parking garage in it. It does, yeah, but the parking garage sucks.
5: Oh well, I didn't say it wasn't trick without his tricks. I do the one across the street. I've done that one, but they make you stay until three o'clock Monday through Friday. So there's that little caveat you got to be aware of when, yeah, if you're doing the, uh, if you're out early one day, you get to go watch a movie or pay 30 bucks versus 14 or whatever it is.
12: Yeah. So that freaking thing, so I, I stayed there, what was it, Thursday night or Friday night? Thursday night. So I parked in Thursday. I parked in there, 14 bucks early bird special, you know, got out late no problem it's a little bit late I gotta go feed the dog so I'm kind of in a rush you know cause I don't like leaving my dog without food that's always a humanitarian thing I work thing. late it's like cause I'm the only one home so so I uh, so I'm, I'm in a bit of a rush I go and pay my uh, go to pay my pay my bill cause I got that automatic machine there at that time there's nobody else there so I pay it stick my credit card in approved hit the button for the receipt receipt comes out my credit card comes out and no ticket and I'm like what the fuck now what so there's an assistance button I call the assistance and the thing's ringing and the person answers and they're like hi how can I help you and then the machine spits out my card right so I'm like well it, it was it was it held about on my on uh, my card and now it's spitting it out so that should be good no problem right so I hop in the truck drive up stick it in the machine no good uh oh you still owe money yes so I go back to the machine I stuck in reverse and backed out of there before the car got behind me And uh, whipped it into a spot. Jim over there called assistance. They're like, "Well, you're probably gonna have to pay it, right?" So I'm like, "Okay." So I stuck the credit card in, paid it again. So I paid twice. So. you got to pay twice? Yeah. And, what, went, and I talked to what? the manager on Friday. No, because it didn't accept the first one. But I had, a, I had a receipt that said that I paid it. And the other receipts said I paid it. And it was like within three minutes of each other. So
5: right? what a it's money maker that
12: is for them, huh? So I talked to the manager the next day. And he's like, well, it's going to take eight to 10 weeks to get your refund. Because we've got to send it to fucking blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, what? What? Like, let's work something out here, buddy. What time do you get off at? (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) You just let me out the gate when I park here one day. (laughs) (laughs) Something, right? Just throw me a bone, bro. So he's uh so he wasn't there this weekend and then I rode the motorcycle today so I didn't see him. So tomorrow's raining. It's supposed to rain in the afternoon, evening. Hmm. So I was probably gonna drive that but that place closes
5: at a certain time too. Yes, it does. I've had it where I had to sneak in behind somebody going in the garage, and they were like calling the police over. And I'm like, "Hey, I just got off work. It's 11:30 at night. My car's parked downstairs. I'm out of here." And they're like, "We're gonna call the police." I'm like, "Well, you go right ahead because I'm gonna leave because I'm tired. <laughs> I just did a 28-hour day or whatever it was. It was fucking yeah. insane. Well it was the same day show? You know, crazy day, 16, 18-hour day. You know. Anyway, enough about work. Lots of motorcycle racing in the last week. Lots of good times there. It was just crazy craziness at Daytona. but Blackwell did his job. Wait till you hear about that one, George. I can't wait. I know, right?
12: I uh, I saw, what did I, what was I reading up on this weekend? Oh, yesterday I found an article on uh, SB, I forget what the state. 248 or 9 or something No, like it's, that? it's up there. It's like 1049 or 2049 or something like that. So it has to do with, uh, with, with, drug tests in the state of california so they're saying that if they require you to have a urine test and you're a medical patient with a with the active card it shouldn't shouldn't make a difference because if you go drinking on your time off
5: it doesn't matter yeah as long as you're uh as long as you're you know sober within the last eight hours yeah i guess well, I mean, that was always my bitch about it was, why don't they test what I've done in the last eight hours? You know, they're able to do that with a lip balm test or, you know, swab, whatever they call it. Supposedly, yeah.
12: Supposedly, yeah. yeah. They They readjusted this mic. She keeps pushing it further and further away from me, which is fine, but uh, I can't work the buttons in talking to the mic at the same time. <laughs> it is tricky. You keep fading in and out. Yeah, well... It's not in front of me. The board is. Maybe you need one of those microphones that hangs from overhead. Maybe like you should shut the, the fuck guys up.
3: <laughs>
12: and that's not a maybe, really. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I love our Mondays together. It's quality <laughs> oh, time. Oh, it really is. Yeah, it was just a long day. Uh, I've been a little nippy lately. I've been a. Uh, I wasn't happy yesterday. Work but I'm doing much better today. Work will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, else, what else did I do this weekend, man? Jeez, I was, I was running around with my head chopped off at work, which was kind of crazy. But then uh, I didn't get a chance to go by and see mom. I didn't get a chance to work on the truck. I did ride the bike out and about a little bit. But that was just going point A to point B kind of things, you know? And yep. I took it out for a rip on Friday night because it was dry out and I just kind of bummed around Lake Merced and I think I stopped at, stopped at Home Depot just made an excuse to go out there and grab something and put it around the lake and went up went up towards the Great Highway and there you go go see some ocean for a minute yeah it was night it was dark so yeah and I was in a rush to get home to make my lunch so I could go to sleep
5: there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. My big weekend was pretty much the parade and staggering through that and recovering from that. So It was a good-sized parade, man, because I went up good. there. I went up to Market
12: Street at 12 p.m. at lunchtime. I jammed up there. Um, I didn't see you guys, and I saw like the second group in the, in the parade going by. So I walked down Market to 2nd Street, hooked a right, followed that all the way up past Folsom is where
5: you guys were, and you guys hadn't even started yet that's correct it went off late this year it was almost i think it was like noon before it went off for you guys yeah <coughs> yeah i mean there was time to go get mimosas and uh bloody whatever the hell they are it, I don't like, it must start around 11 30 because
12: for them to get from down there to fourth street wouldn't have taken what time did we see you there 12 30 or one um it was twelve ish a little after that because i was heading back to work and i uh, didn't realize dude because I, I could see muskoni from where you guys were standing Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. I could have easily just walked up the block and spent the whole time there, but instead I did the walk because I thought you guys, because last year we were like the second ones in the parade, so I was like, oh, I didn't want to miss you. Yeah. Because I thought, well, if I run into them up there, then I can walk with them for a few blocks and then I'll just kick, kick rocks, you know? Yeah. I got to walk with everybody for a half block and I had to hang a left.
5: Uh- Half fucks better than none, George. Too bad I wasn't <laughs> Take what band. you could
12: get. I pulled a Bluto right? <laughs> but I led the band right into a fucking alley, dead end alley, and march them into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about that scene in forever. <laughs> and all the horn players followed right by. <laughs> that, that wasn't even John volusia
10: On a soul level, you've come to the right place. morning, everybody. Renee McKenna here with my buddy Pam, Mutiny Radio. Hey, and spiritual psychology. Um, my goal is to bring this fabulous work out into the world, free of charge, to people who are willing to call in. Um, you can either call in live. What's the number here? 415-550-0511. Thanks, Pam. Or you can send me a text, 415 415- Six seven two four nine nine two, or you can email me at info at renee mckenna dot com, and we can set up a free session. The only requirement is that it's going to go out on the air. You can be anonymous, um, but you'll get some free therapy, and you'll help other people. In the meantime, so we got a pretty interesting show today. I was just telling Pam we're going to talk about spirit attachment Ooh. and negative energy interference Ooh. yeah really you know everybody it sounds all funky huh
7: well can't we just ignore the negative energies is that what we do or do we uh, do We have to they're with us they attach themselves to us whether we want, want them or not huh
10: Yes. Well, I mean, nothing comes to us by coincidence. So it's not like getting mugged on I've the street. I was thinking about that—that that you said that everything that happens in our life is a conscious choice that we've made. Yes, nothing is in our is in our psychic space without our permission on some level. I, and you said oh this is a very controversial thing but it's it's I've been thinking about it all week like every choice
7: everything in my life that I can potentially complain about is something that I put there it's there because I put it there how is it to think about that it was it's weird it's um, I don't usually do like I do a lot of sp- I don't do like spiritual. I think a lot about religion mm-hmm. and a lot about structure and philosophy in my in my like weekly life and my daily goings about. But this is different mm-hmm. because it's not like in my head or rationalizing it. It's this different. like the spiritual side of things is different than the rational side of things. How is it different? Uh, because it exists, but you can't explain it away. With so I, there's a there's a lack of you can't justify it. there's like a lack of justification maybe there's when it's something is ra- when something is in your brain and you're thinking it rationally you're like I'm thinking about this on a real level and these you know and a this is why B goes to C goes right. to D if then therefore that kind of like rational thought I think therefore I am but the spiritual side is very different. <laughs>
10: So, for me, the difference is the spiritual side is an experience. Ah. It's, it's the, I like to call it the non-rational. It's the felt experience. It's a being experience. It's, um, it's our emotions. It's our relationality. It's our... Uh, how we move through the world, rather than what we think about our relationships, what right, we right, think right, right. about how it, there's a different, there's like always this over narrative going on, but then the narrative is about the experience. Right. It's the uh, the narrative is the layer removed from the feeling itself. Exactly. Exactly. So, right. so spirituality, for me, the diff- you know I like <laughs> in recovery circles. There's a um, the, one of my favorite lines is. Uh, Religion is for people who are afraid to go to hell, and spiritual, spirituality is for people who've already been there. <laughs> Aha, that's great. <laughs> wow, sure. Yeah. Um, so, spirit attachment, you know, when I, I'm from Boston, and um, we don't talk about stuff like that. And when I first heard this word, this whole idea, I was like, oh no, that's too weird. It was actually kind of scary, it felt scary for me. I thought, like, Exorcist, or like Six Six Six, the Omen, like sure. all those things. I grew up with terrifying movies as a sure. kid. Um well, Demonic even. possession. I mean, that's there's a
7: there's a whole bunch of the Bible that talks about demonic possession, and it's like, really, really, there's something inside you that's not you, and it gets thrown out into a pile of pigs, and they
10: all jump over a. Like, <laughs> really, really. Well, so it's an interesting thing, though, if you think about. You know, I've been working with this uh, work, and, 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 and I use this work a lot in spiritual psychology. It's called Feeding Your Demons, oh. and it's actually an ancient Buddhist practice, and we've done a little bit of it on the show, and, and, and it will happen again, because it's one of my favorite practices, and um, Lama Tsultramaleone, who's the modern Tibetan woman, Lama in Colorado, who's re resurged this revamped made it modern this ancient practice from the 11th century Jeez. um it was actually developed by a woman lama in the 11th century anyway, I didn't know it's a that, very feminine practice I didn't know that Dalai Lama could be a woman um there are lamas and there's Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama is the high lama. There's lower lamas. It's kind of like being the pope or being a priest. Oh, right? cool. So, you know, a lot of the guy, you know, Buddhism's not too much different than other religions. They don't really dig it when women are in power, but it happens. You know, <laughs> <laughs> It happened in Catholicism, too, over the history. Anyway, it's a very feminine practice, but, it, it you know, naming the things that cause us suffering as huh. demons... Is an interesting way to look at them. Um, in the thing I like about this work is that. Um, we take the stuff that's non-rational we take the spiritual the experiential and we make it concrete Mm -hmm. we live in a world of form we're used to our rational mind likes to live in the world of form and it's part of the reason we have a lot of trouble with our feelings with relationships even with money like these are things that don't necessarily even money's really an idea more than a con you know if you think about it like the pieces of paper aren't worth anything things that that don't actually have form we have a lot of trouble with sure Um, and so when we can give it a form then we can really work with it. I mean, it's true.
7: Even when we were trading, like, in the earliest findings in archaeological sites, you find, like, weird shells that they used as money. Like, we, we right. create, for some reason, we we need to take our worth Mm -hmm. and our work and rather than it be itself like I raised this chicken you have this chicken I'm giving you the chicken and you're giving there's like a transaction but we can't live in our transactional world without like these I don't know, things and stuff to demarcate the transaction. Like, here is what I gave. Now you're giving me this. Oh, you don't have anything? Well, now you gave me these shells that have meaning
10: that we all ascribe. Right. But it's an I, agreed upon idea. Yeah. It's only, it it's is weird. An, it's an idea that we've all agreed upon. Intrinsically, there is no such thing as money. Sure. We've made it up. And and then worshipped it. <laughs> Which sounds like a Basically, lot of other and things. and some of us yeah. ruin our lives in pursuit of it. Um, or think that it's going to make us happy. Happy, which we both know isn't true. Although being completely destitute may not be great either. But I don't know. We've both been destitute at different times. i pretty sure, happy. So. sure. <laughs> I would rather be physically or uh,
7: financially destitute than emotionally destitute. That's way worse when you're just like at the, the depths of...
10: You I'm know. with you, girl. Yeah. I'd I was talking rather. to the emotionally destitute last night, and it was a problem. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> and I then, woke up with a problem for the emotionally
7: destitute. Once, yeah. once someone sort of, and it, you can tell when the light goes out of their eyes, and they kind of give up, like emotionally, and they just sort of like, I'm just
10: going to phone it in from No, now. I had a deep money conversation with somebody last night who was really, really good with money, and, but I was trying to talk about my feelings. He said, I don't give a fuck about your feelings, and I was like, <laughs> well, there we go. The, there, there we go. We go goes in different out. languages. But um so so the idea of demonic possession of course that's that's the extreme end. Right. Um I work with demonic possession. We all are with really? it all the time. Uh, so for me, if I see a homeless person who's out there on the street babbling yeah. and like has sores on their body and they've mm. peed themselves, oh, like yeah. really is that that... Per- so there's a different... In shamanism, there's a way to understand that schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder, a lot of the really serious mental illnesses are actually, from a shamanic perspective, the um, energetic attachment. Ooh. Yeah. It's a totally different, totally different way to understand mental illness. Even yeah. depression, even anxiety can be seen as energetic forms that attach themselves to the person. Sure. Um, and... And so, you know, where does it move from being um, something that's negative into demonic? That That's an interesting question. I, I think it's the level of suffering and the level of destruction. Right. When you don't, I saw a guy without shoes yesterday walking across uh,
7: Van Ness. And uh, it was, you know, when Mission crosses Van Ness, it's kind of an interesting corner. Interesting and corner. And he had, yeah. it isn't, yeah, it's a cross section of. Everything really,
10: right? But and he, Goodwill's right there, so and, everybody well, can go hang yeah, out. yeah,
7: it used to be the Goodwill, <laughs> but now they're building. Oh, it's not some, Yeah, they're building some monstrosity thing with many, many um, apartments and condos together in the high rise. Yeah, oh my god, gone. where are all the homeless people going to get
10: there? I have a friend Uh-oh. who might even be listening right now. Yeah, who used to go and collect stuff there
7: in I, the morning. I, I've always enjoyed that. Is where this is such a sidebar, but this. Emerald ring that I found. I went to that Goodwill to shop for a uh, Halloween costume. I wanted to dress up as a '70s person, and I bought a purse. I bought a macrame purse, like an old weird thing. As right. the, and I look in the side oh, pocket, stop. and there's this an ring, and, ring, and it's real. It's a real emerald, and it was oh my real gold. And I was like, "Thank you, Goodwill!" Like,
10: for like eight great. bucks.
7: Less. It was like a two-dollar <laughs> purse or something oh ridiculous. Oh my goodness! And I love this ring.
10: That is Isn't so... That weird? That is so cool.
7: Yeah. It was like... So look in the side pockets. Somebody donated their stuff and just didn't even know. Or Gifts. it was like some grandma or something. Right. You know? Gifts from the universe. Wow. wow. Yeah, that was nice. But yeah, so that, that, that corner, there was a man. He was walking across the street. And the bus had to kind of honk at him because he was taking too long across. And I was like, oh, this poor guy. And I looked at him. And he was like hobbly. And he had socks on no shoes and one of his socks was already like not a sock anymore right and I just like saw that and he had like the sores He was very dirty but he didn't have a backpack or anything and I just thought like where's he coming from and where's he going and what happened to the shoes like there's shoes why do we I I just felt really I but then your thing with demonic possession like hey that kind of makes sense like he's forgotten who he is or was because of or do you forget it maybe
10: well no. I think <clears throat> it's an interesting so there's a kids movie Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah, that's a great... It came out a long time ago. Yeah, I love it. Very interesting thing. The doors. How, yeah, no, how a lot of modern culture uh, actually speaks to deeper realities without even knowing it because they exist there. So in Monsters, Inc., the monsters scare the children and the children's fear is what feeds their whole realm of reality. Like the children's fear is their energy source. Right. And it like recharges the batteries that like run the whole monster universe, right? Yeah. Very interesting. So at the end, they try, they they switch it around and try to make the children happy so that the universe is then fed with joy. Right. Okay. So those two things, fear and joy, um, you could also call them fear and love, So fear and joy really are the two main energy sources in the universe, in my perspective. You can kind of divide everything up into, is it joy or is it fear? Sure. And they're, from my perspective, they're each sources of power having, and we all use both of them all the time. And, um, but one is higher power that's constructive and helpful and nourishing, and the other fear is lower power. That's mm-hmm. destructive, and harmful, and creates suffering. And wow! So those two ways are both ways we power ourselves. That's f- that's a different way to understand. They talk about that we live in a realm of duality. If you've ever heard that, sure. like everything, you know we have Yin black, yang, white, yang, y- yeah. right, oh, yeah. right, sun and moon, and night and day, and man, man and, and woman, man. And all yeah, that, yeah. right? Yeah. So in. Um, that is one way to understand the spiritual reality is fear or love, fear or joy. Sure. And so if we think about the way that we move ourselves through the world, um, we could divide almost all of our reactions, all of our feelings into one of those buckets. Wow. Okay. It's just a different, it, it's a, but oh. it's still, they both have power and they might even both have equal power. They do. They could absolutely have, well, they could have equal power. However, the consequences of the behaviors that go with that or the consequences of that energy are different. Right. One is constructive and one is
7: destructive. But some people have that destructive energy and they see it as constructive for themselves. So, like, because the power is so important that they maybe they don't see that they're causing suffering or harm because they're seduced by the power. Perhaps. Absolutely. Because that could be, that might be a way to explain 45's errant behaviors.
10: Absolutely. No, he believes in what he's doing. Right. He really does. Right. No, I, I mean, it's a, so, so excellent point. Through fear. So, one Ooh. of the things about fear is that, and we all have both, right? We all have sure. joy, we all have fear. Hopefully, we have both. Um, is that fear is really what it what it evokes in us is the desire to protect ourselves. Uh, right? If we're afraid we want to protect ourselves generally sure. or we collapse. I mean there's different things that can happen. And so There's a way to understand, um, or to look at the world, as that, so we have physical form, things take physical form, we can take actions, but that as we move deeper into kind of the realms of um, rational thinking, feeling um, that thoughts and feelings actually have a form too Mm -hmm. on the energetic plane that now you might've had this experience. Did you ever think about somebody and then like you get an email? Absolutely. Or Or a a call.
7: call. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Or you call, this is the craziest one that happened. I swear I called someone else's number. And it went to another person's number right. that I was thinking about. And I'm like, okay, no, I know whose number I dialed because I was using the actual like boop, 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 like not keying in the number, but on the list. And I just thought just I was like
10: how am I connected to this person in this way that it was weird? It was weird. right. So to me, that's what serendipity is mm-hmm. like that. There, there's something else going on. I mean, that happens for me all the time. Now, as a matter of fact, I, I will, I have a joke that if I, if you really want me to call you, just think about me. And, and I'll, and it'll happen. <laughs> and I'll do it. Funny. Cause I try to stay tapped in on that plane. So, So, if there is a way to think about that, you could just call it a phenomenon, but what is the phenomenon? There is a way that there is some level of, uh, you know, Carl Jung called it like the transpersonal. Sure. um, That there's some other communication realm that's happening beyond the level of our rational mind with thoughts and feelings. And so, so we take that a step further, um, that thoughts and feelings, and certainly, particularly patterned thoughts of thoughts and feelings that we have and we all have patterns right and some of them are positive and a lot of them are negative a lot of them are ways again that we defend ourselves that we we protect ourselves ways we motivate ourselves um through the world for example um you know for a long time in my in my life uh, i had a voice that told me i was fat Oh, right. Like most women, sure. I swear, like probably 90% of the women have a voice that tells them they're fat, right? right? Absolutely. You're fat. And part of the motivation for that was to try to make myself look better so that I would be attractive, so that people would love me. Right. Right. So the motive is to get love or joy right but it's coming through this destructive way right yeah right I understand right that. so it's sure. like if i i mean if you really look deeply at it there is an attempt although that that inner voice and it, for me it was a voice that always told me i wasn't good enough um which i call that the inner critic right and there's a lot of different forms of it that um so that voice if i really look deeply at it it's actually trying to help me Wow. If I, if I really, so we do this in this work and we're going to, you gonna we're going to listen to a session a little bit later with yeah. someone. So we ask it like, what's, if you really ask that voice, what's your purpose? Generally, it's purpose is to protect you. It's to sure. try to help you. It's to protect you from, so if you think you're fat, it's kind of like, if I write my name on the bathroom wall, then no one else can call me a slut. sure. sure. It. Right, right, right. No, that makes sense. <laughs> No, I, I, I get the I get the fat thing. It's that you're,
7: it's the same thing with like, uh, my, one of my inner voices says like that, um, it's like you're a terrible person all the time, but I use it as a defense mechanism because, with comedy, I'm saying such terrible things about, you know, j- just as an like a perspective on the world, I'm pointing out things that are a lot of times unlikable, and so, I sort of right I'm i I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a terrible person but at, it's because of the I that I'm turning on the world but if I and the other one is that's a very good defense mechanism for comedians is I'm going to hate myself so much none of you can hate me as much as I hate myself therefore I'm protected the audience can't the audience could never hate me as much as I hate myself therefore right. everything's okay So no matter what they do, no matter if they don't laugh or whatever, and they hate me, it's fine. I hate myself more. Don't worry about it. Like that's... The, and I do that all the time, and I've always been like, and I'm trying to
10: pattern myself out of that. Like, why do I oh, tell girl? Myself I hate myself. You want to do time. it today? We can do it. Oh, well, I try to deprogram. No, 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 you no, know, no. Like, we can make that baby. We can transform that baby today okay. on spiritual psychology live here I, on Meet Me I, FM. I, I, say, <laughs> I say all the time, like, and but
7: you just saying that makes me go oh, because if I hate myself, and I, I think it's from high school, and the, I had bulimia too for a long time, and it was, and I was a cheerleader, but I would look at my cheerleading jacket, but I was like, if. I hate myself then boys can't hate me any worse like guys don't ask me out that right. makes sense because why would they because no one can hate me more than I hate me like
10: exactly so you defense You, just, mechanism, it's you weird. beautifully described the defense mechanism but if you think about that defense mechanism and like really feel into it it's really painful sure. like it may the attempt is to protect us from getting hurt right but how it protects us from getting hurt if we're really present with it is that it, like, hurts us every day. Sure. It kind of hurts us every day. Like, I'm going to practice being rejected every day inside my own head. So in case anyone else ever rejects me, I'm so used to it, it won't hurt.
7: Right. That's that's, that's exactly it. Right. Because you so, constantly, I mean, any kind of performance art, you're under constant scrutiny of the audience liking you or disliking you or appreciating or not appreciating your work, so...
10: So, there's a way to understand, and if you're open to doing it, it's really great work. Um, There's a way to understand that we act, that that's kind of like an energy construct. It's almost like an energetic parasite. It's like, I look at it like a piece of armor, that at some point, I felt vulnerable. I was either afraid of being hurt, or I was hurt, or, or I felt powerless, and I needed something to help me sure. and so I reached for whatever was there and again we can search we can reach for joy or we can reach for fear and I re- and and the fear bucket just resonated with me and this thing that's kind of this attached itself to me as a defensive structure so when um and the attempt is to help me right now, what happens is a lot of, so a lot of times we take this stuff on as kids. Well, but here's the problem. The reason you take on fear as opposed, or
7: reason I take on fear as opposed to taking on joy is that taking on joy or saying that I'm good at something then negates humility. So the fear of being full of myself and thinking I'm awesome That is a huge fear for me because what if I think I'm awesome but I'm so deluded because I think I'm so awesome that no one else thinks I'm awesome and I don't even see, I'm so like in the joy of like, I'm awesome that I have no context of myself with others in reality because I'm like, I'm so great. It's like Instagram. Everyone thinks they're so great and it's like, you're not that great but they're like reaching for the joy like I'm awesome and then I'm afraid to be the person that thinks they're awesome but isn't actually awesome and then if other people point out that then that's even scarier like because then the whole world that
10: I've constructed crumbles and this is all in my head like of whatever but it's no but you're describing the human condition perfectly and really so there's a difference between joy and ego gratification oh there's a big difference. <laughs> There's a big difference. So joy really arises from our own spirit. It arises from our sense of being and acceptance of who we are in the world and that we have a place here and that really we are connected to the greater wholeness and it's all good. Right. And we're okay how we, however we are. Like that, that is a place where joy can and connectivity, like exper- experiencing connectivity is what joy is. Ego gratification is generally only about how other people perceive me. Uh, it has to do with what's happening with my relationship, just with the external world. But isn't that who we are, how people
7: perceive us? Are we, I mean, is it? Is it half how we perceive ourselves and half how other people perceive us? Because I find that how other people perceive me is way more important than how I perceive myself. It doesn't matter how I perceive myself. I mean, I maybe, I guess it does. I guess we're learning here today on spiritual psychology. But... That's like the whole world is how other people perceive you.
10: Well, it has become the way the world is. Mm. And I think it's actually part of the problem because everybody's concerned. If, if that's, it's kind of like money. Like this is the agreed upon thing. Everybody's trying to please everybody else. Where is the basis for approval? Like, Uh. is it coming from a deep grounded place? That's actually again, is it rooted in fear or is it rooted in joy? It's rooted in people on Facebook. It's rooted in, <laughs> which is rooted in fear which is rooted in fear a lot of it is rooted in fear I mean I've probably told you the story about my client and, and I know a lot of people do this and they don't admit it like I, I had a client she was terribly depressed beautiful stunningly gorgeous woman always perfectly put together gorgeous clothes lived in a beautiful apartment and she would go out places and take pictures of herself and then post them on Facebook and they weren't true huh yeah Because she wanted people to think she was living this life. Wow! Yeah, and she wasn't. Yeah, she would go out, she like took, the day she came to, to, that she told me this, she went and she sat on a deck, she ordered a a glass of wine, she took a selfie of herself, and said, I'm here with all my friends having a glass of wine at blah, blah, blah place. She drank the glass of wine, she went home and climbed in bed for the rest of the afternoon. Wow! Yeah, Yeah. I mean, talk about... Well, and, I mean, we have to think of it this way, too. Like,
7: we're of a slightly advanced age. Let's imagine that... you're in high school and girl you,
10: I ain't advanced until I'm 70 okay fair
7: <laughs> but we're in that same like okay let's let's pretend I mean I was around in the 80s too let's pretend it's it's 1985 and you take a bunch of pictures of yourself and things you like and you put them up on your wall and then you invite all of your friends over and you say come over and touch the pictures that you like like that's an insane concept right like about it in the 80s or the 70s even like come over to my house i'm going to show you all these pictures on a wall and i want you to touch the pictures and say that you like those it is weird and now we're like we do it all the time constantly every day and like people live and die on like how many likes they get or on their instagram their hearts or whatever and it's like sometimes i feel like when we're in that internet realm it's all just I don't know is any of it real? Like the filters, I just learned about the filters. There are women who uh, they put the filters on their face so they look so pretty and then they showed like this is what I look like without my Instagram filters. <gasps> oh. right uh, It's like then why are you taking pictures of yourself? I just I can't. I'm just trying to like wh- how is it so big now? Like we just all decided as a group, yep, fear. We're going with fear.
10: I think it is well, I think it is about I think it is about fear because it's easier. click on a picture than it is to have a conversation. Ah. It's, well, and there's this whole thing also about endorphins that actually, you know, they do, they've been doing tests on kids that the amount of endorphins you get from a hug from a person is the same amount of endorphins that people get when they get a like on Facebook. What? Yeah, it's really kind of scary. So there's a whole, so there's a whole actual psychochemical thing that's happening right. where people are associating, feeling connected with with this pseudo-connection that we get online. But, which is interesting. So, you know, it kind of ties back to the idea of where do I get my reality about who I am and my experience? Yeah. And is it through how other people see me? Right. Or is it authentically through my own experience of myself and my own experience of the world? And, I mean, most people do... Filter who they are and how they are through other people, but you know, if you really think deeply about that, that's kind of terrifying because most people are fucked up, right? And most people <laughs> don't, and most people don't care about other people anyways. Well, other so people everybody's are doing so, the same thing, right? Right? Everybody's trying to impress everybody else with whatever is impressive within the particular social or cultural system that you're in, sure. and. I personally believe that we are creations, part of a larger creative force, and that our work here is to be us. Ah. Like, like... I'm supposed to be me. I'm not supposed to be the me that Pam and Mike and George like. I'm supposed to be the me that I was created to be. But because our culture and our family and all of society roots us to pleasing others, the school system. Sure. Right. It's all about pleasing some stupid teacher, right? And getting an A rather than being creative. Right. Um, So what happens, and, you know, after I die, I have a lot of questions to ask those that figured out this system, but, uh, (laughs) you know, somewhere in early childhood, generally, whole parts and huge parts of who we authentically are gets get squished or put away. Right. Right? Because you're not acceptable. It's not okay. People don't like that. Girls right. don't get dirty. Boys don't wear dresses. Whatever. Sure, whatever. Whatever thing the thing saying, is yeah. to not be who you really are. So if I'm not who I really am, who am I? Right. Some yeah. Facebook facsimile that I think you're going to like and, and what happens to the real, my soul? Sure. What happens to who I really am? Well, that's why in
7: the future... AI stuff will work is that you could just take everybody's online reactions and interactions and download them into like some sort of AI being. And then you're not there, your soul obviously isn't there, but for other people who see you, they might think it's you because it's a collection of everything that you put out on the media. So it was how everybody saw you anyway. So if you put it into an AI body, you won't be there, but everyone will think you're still there. So right. it's like all that kind of like saving your brain or downloading your consciousness that all the rich little kids are trying to do right now. I'm just spending $40,000 to cryogenically freeze my brain. Like, great. <laughs> but when they put that into this AI body, I don't think it's going to be the but person. It's going to be all of the collection of their experiences, but it's not them.
10: Right. So we get to that question of what is the real them? Oof. What is the essential person? And from my perspective, I mean, I, I feel like my life work is dedicated to helping people nourish and support and discover that. That's because cool. that's where real joy is. When I'm actually in connection with my authentic self, with, you know, I tend to look at it the world like a garden. Like, so if we're all flowers in the garden, you know, and, and you go into a garden and there's no such thing as a perfect tulip. There's no such thing as a perfect... Daisy like they they each are unique sure right and but if daisies are out of fashion, which they probably kind of are right now, and you should be a petunia or whatever you should be, then, you know, I can spend my whole life trying to be a petunia. Sure. Right? My daisiness isn't good enough. I'm supposed to be, I'm a crappy petunia. Right? But I gotta try to be a petunia. I gotta dress myself up and paint myself purple or whatever I gotta do, right, to try to be a petunia. But I'm a crappy petunia. I'm never gonna find joy. I'm gonna live in fear that I'm supposed to be a petunia. Most of us feel like that.
7: No, I know. I used to watch, look at the girls with the sides two jeans and I'd be like their thighs are so small I'm never gonna have small thighs as opposed to being like awesome I've got like big legs that are strong and can do things and can run and can dance and their big legs are great as opposed to like I wanna be a skinny tiny model. Like, it's the same thing with height. I'm only five five. I wish if only if only I was five ten, you know?
10: Right. That then, then I'd be And I know people five, five ten <laughs> that are like, I can't get a date. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Because all men are 5'9. Because all whatever. men are 5'9, yeah. right.
10: So, so, that whole again, we're talking about if we talk about fear and joy, like sure. that's all rooted in fear that we aren't good enough how we are. Right. And there's a lot of religion, there's a lot of culture, there's a lot of family that yeah. will support that. Sure. And so, if everybody agrees that they aren't good enough how they are, and we're filtering our reality of who we are through other people who don't think they're good enough. It's kind of insanity. It, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. It's like an echo chamber. It's an echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good one. Yeah. And you know, for me, the difference between th- humility and thinking I'm great is humility is really an accurate assessment of who and what I really am, mm. both positive and my challenges. So nobody's perfect there is no such thing perfection is even is a a foolish word when you talk about anything that's real everything's unique so so to own that you have strong legs and you have a sense of humor and like the things that are uniquely pam it doesn't necessarily make you better than other people it's just what's uniquely you right and humility for me as much as anything else is the ability to own what's good about myself in a balanced way with what my challenges are
7: humility right what makes me better than other people is that i don't have a cell phone and i've never seen the movie titanic those are the things that make me I'm better i'm
10: telling you <laughs> i'm telling you i just had this conversation the other night i held out for 20 years to see Titanic. i just saw it six months ago i loved it you loved it okay. i loved it i thought it was going so to be so sappy i and you know what it was not sappy i did not like the last 30 seconds the okay. only thing i would change is the last 30 seconds of the movie what did everybody live no <laughs> No, I would not I would you'd cha- have to change see it to gigantic. know the last thirty seconds. Okay. But um, because I don't understand why she did the thing she did. It was kinda stupid. But but the whole idea basically what happens is he returns her to her authentic self. Uh-huh. She's trapped. She's trapped in a gilded cage of a privileged life mm. and he sets her free. And he really does set her free. I mean, he, and and the fact that he, it's not the idea that, that she doesn't even really mourn him. (laughs) She doesn't. It wasn't like some unrequited love and she's going to love him. It wasn't like that at all. He had a purpose. He was a bridge. He was a bridge to get her out of this privileged life that she was in as a disempowered woman, pre woman's right to vote. Sure. Right. And, and, and he sets her free. I, I, I really I have to tell you it wasn't what I expected I thought it was this like love thing and he would die and it would be this tragedy it wasn't even that sad huh I mean Leonardo DiCaprio is pretty cute at that age too <laughs> but uh, no he dies it wasn't that big of a deal when he died well, I mean, I have to say, it, yeah. just for me, I sure I don't know. It was more know. the fact that she lived, and how she lived. Yeah, and he helped her to do that. I, if you get, I'm telling you, it's just one. Of I those know your are a holdout. It's an ego thing.
7: It's an ego thing. Yeah, it's just it's she's not going to see things Titanic. Me, I just everyone saw it. I was like, I want to be different. It was one of the
10: ways I was claimed to be unique. <laughs> well, being different is fine. Being different is fine. If. If it's authentic to who we are. sure. I mean, that's, um, so there's an interesting thing to think about. If you think about thoughts as things, if you think about feelings as things, I think thoughts are real though. That goes back to Socrates
7: and think, and Plato and thinking thoughts are real. When you think of something, it exists in your head.
10: That thought is real. It has, it has a form. form. Yeah. It's real. Right. And then it can become form. Like there's nothing in this room right now. There's nothing in the room of any of our listeners right now. That wasn't a thought. Sure. Right. This was all created. Somebody had a thought, an idea, and then it, they made it in one form or another. They gathered the money and the resources, and then it became... Disposable cups. Magic. Disposable cups. And, and straws, <laughs> and which straws. I love straws. Straws are going to go away pretty soon, but I'm sad about that. But um, so if you think about if thoughts are things, and if everybody has them, and we can look at our family of origin, our own childhood, that we've all picked up thoughts from other people. Right? Yeah. I mean look at the thoughts that are being spewed right now from forty five. Right? Oh. Thoughts of, of bigotry and hatred sure. and and fear. And misogyny. And, and people
7: are taking those on. Absolutely. Right and, and they're taking them on without even knowing it. I think that it's I think it's negatively affecting so many people it is. without them even being conscious of it. Right. Like it's, no it's so
10: the level of unconsciousness is where attachment happens. Ah. so but it attaches to us. Because there's some way that we resonate with it. So, like, we are not fans of 45, right? I know that. There are a lot of... I was just... (laughs) I was down in Death Valley. Oh, my God. With everybody with the flags, the, like, Trump 2020. Oh, wow. That was interesting. That was interesting. So, there's a lot of people that are. So, the resonance there's a different resonance. Like I don't resonate with bigotry and hatred, right? But there's people that do because they they have fear, but they're resonating with tax breaks and promises. Some of them are also just resonating with fear. They have fear of losing what they have, fear of not being enough and brown people are going to take it away from me. Right. You know, like that, that idea. Um, We all pick up thoughts from our parents Right, Our parents. My mother's opinions about me. My mother's, and I might take them on directly, or I might um, defend myself against them. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know. My parents would tea tea party, gun toting Republicans. And, oh my! You know, I, wow. I've like defended myself against that and gone the other direction, reacting to the thoughts of other people. When we take those on, um, and and if we look deeply, a lot of the internal talk that people have is stuff that was given to them. By a sure. caregiver, by a coach, by a teacher. You know, I mean, we talked about the thing that happened to you in the kindergarten t- yeah, with the, the teacher, teacher that teacher. said was, you were... Mrs. Mowers, she was the worst. Yeah, called right. me fat in front of the whole class. Called you fat in front of the whole class. Like, Ooh. boom. That was like an interject, right? Oh, my God. That went in
7: there. Well, it made me be a teacher. I mean, I think that that's why I was a teacher for a couple of years uh, out of college is that I was like oh my god I've got to protect children from these teachers that say terrible things like if you're a kindergarten teacher you're supposed to be a sweet like a completely patient really not, I mean Kindergarten teachers are special people and I don't even think they they're like... They should be special. They aren't always. But I can't imagine you're you going to be in a room with a bunch of children you're going to be mean to them? And
10: abuse them. That's insane! Well, so one of the things that can happen and we all do this is that, and I, I actually can say this that we all do this, is that it's very easy for us to feed off of each other mm-hmm. and that when my negativity, so I can often, if I put someone else down, it's generally an attempt to elevate myself. Sure. And I'm feeding on the life energy. It goes back to the Monster Zinc thing, like if you're suffering, then I'm I actually can feed off of that. It's very bad. I think that you should
7: tell your daughter to write that as a thesis project for college or something. It's a great it's a really great concept of taking Monster Zinc and like using it as a as a structure to see our own lives. That's amazing. Like it's, it's
10: well, really it's deep. <laughs> it, there's a lot of reality to it <laughs> That's when great. we when we look at what's happening on a spiritual on an energetic level, taking well, the good news about it for me is that we take these things <clears throat> pardon me. And when they have form, then we are no longer disempowered by them. We're no longer victimized by them. We can actually do something about it. Uh. Which is, I'm all about, let's do something about this. Sure. Right? So, what can we do to make this better? Right. Just like yourself. You're a justice person. That's part of your authentic self. So, you know, your kindergarten teacher said a terrible thing. It had an impact on you, but you turned it into, how can I not do this to other people? Or how can I yeah be a better person in right how this not happen with other kids there's a lot I of just, different ways to go I tell little girls always even when
7: they're two or three or young I always compliment them on their uh cleverness or their word usage or their big sentences or like what a good speaker you are before I tell them how pretty they are oh my god why does every single like <laughs> whenever anybody sees a child the first thing they say is oh you're so beautiful you're so pretty it's
10: like don't tell little girls they're pretty Stop it. It. Right. Like, right. We're, we're very, But that's part of the, it starts the attachment to what other people think and how other people see us right away, yeah. which I mean, it is part of being social beings that we interact in, and we have influence on each other. But when those, when those influences become, they outweigh their useful social purpose. Yeah. So, you know, someone says something to you and then you have it in your head for the rest of your life. Right? And and it's a harmful thing. That's energetic interference. Yeah. So, and a lot of people think, well, that's just in there. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, you know, my kindergarten teacher told me I'm fat. That could wreck you for the rest of your life. That could be in there. It actually is like she installed this thing and it stayed there. So she uploaded a program and the program needs an update. And I'm going to tell you (sighs) the program can be updated. That can be extracted. We can get really that those interjects those inserts we can get used to them we can orient ourselves around them they can be ways we mo- like i i started with the idea of like i'm fat right i mean for me that came from my first boyfriend who told me how had a fat ass when i was 13 years old oh my God. and i really wanted to impress him and so i started to make myself throw up oh, wow. and then yeah. the whole thing for me became i need to be skinny so people will love me right yeah right. No, because like there's a belief that only how other people see me make me lovable. Right. And I am i don't have intrinsic worth as a person because right. I'm not connected with my authentic self and my joy. Right. And no one will listen to me unless I'm skinny and pretty because no one listens
7: to fat people. We're terrible to fat people. We're terrible. I don't know if it's all over the world or if it's just the United States but I mean it's, we're not nice. <laughs> our, all of our, like the, we, we have this slovenly like we when we think about like people who are I don't know I just I feel I feel bad but it's part of my programming too that like fatness is somehow the worst evil of all somehow I don't know if that's because I grew up so wealthy, or because everyone has diet food, or I—I I don't understand why. But it's a—it's a, it's a strange—it's a strange thing. We're in—you know—the 1800s. If you were fat, that meant you
10: were rich, right? Like you, if you were there, would be like, "Wow, you're fat," right? No, you look at awesome. all the paintings, right? Wow, no, it was good. It meant it, it meant that you had, you had prosperity in your life, right? Enough money to eat. <laughs> so, so let's do a piece of work. Okay. Let's do a piece of work on Pam. So, what's that voice in the head that? makes your life miserable. It just tells me that I'm um that I I hate myself. I say it all the time. I'm like, I hate you. I hate myself. Okay. So if you come into your body, just take a minute, take a deep breath, notice where your feet are and your hands are and your head is and um see if you can do you actually hear it? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So see if you I actually can say it
7: out loud sometimes. Okay. Like on the bus or whatever. I'll be like, oh, I hate myself. Okay.
10: <laughs> so I had I, I used to have that voice. I'm gonna tell you, I haven't I don't have that voice anymore. That's nice. So we're gonna get rid of this voice for you too. So see if you can notice where that voice lives is it more on the right is it more on the left if if you were going to try to like listen where do you hear it? Uh, i would say the right right side okay and is it all over the whole right side or just more like towards your temple or toward the back uh, probably like the whole kind of side of my head
7: okay and then it talks to the other part but i mean usually it makes my voice go say it out loud what's the part it's talking to uh it's talking to the part of me that's embarrassed about something that I did or didn't do or that I accomplished but maybe I did it wrong or I think maybe that I offended somebody or maybe sometimes I say some really fucked up shit on stage and I'll be like oh my god was that